And this morning, angels we have heard on high. If you got one, if you didn't, we have some uh, out in the kitchen and in the narthex. Uh, we'll just move right along to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs>
Friends, when Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, he became like us in all things but sin. May we who have been reborn in him be free from our sinful ways. Let us take a moment to silently confess our sins before God. God of love, all year long we pursue power and money, yet you come in weakness. All season long we covet great material gifts when you alone offer what is lasting. Through the work of this Lord Jesus, who comes among us full of grace and truth, forgive us, heal us, correct us. Then open our lips that we may sing your praise with the angels and remake our lives that we may witness to your transforming love through Christ our Lord. Amen. Dear ones, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and through him your sins are forgiven. Let us celebrate the great gift of forgiveness, singing together joy to the world.
up front. You may bring with you, if you brought some of your gifts this morning, you're welcome to bring them up front with you. If any of you grown-ups brought some of your gifts with you and you want to come up with the children, you're welcome to do so. Sounds like you guys just want to come up because you want to show off your new jammies, right? Come on, Levi, come show off your jammies too. You're, you're looking good, guys. Looking good. Excellent. I did not wear my jammies here this morning, but I did wear my reindeer sweater, and I wore the necklace that Levi made me um, this year. You, I will not get lost today. You will find me everywhere I go. I will be easily found. Um, you guys look good. You look great. It, it is a onesie party. Stefan didn't get the memo. I didn't either. It's okay. Yeah. She was like, you should have texted me. I wanted to wear my onesie, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, what day is it today? What are we celebrating? Oh, you know what? That's the one day this year that you have all known exactly what liturgical holiday it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that Christmas is on a Sunday, because this is like a kind of a big deal, right? This is like the Super Bowl for church, yeah? I do know what the Super Bowl is, Ken. It's that, that big soccer game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just messing. Yeah, so today is the day we celebrate Jesus' birth, the incarnation. Who knows what incarnation means? I had one easy question for you guys today. Now I ask the big one. Grown-ups, anyone have a guess? Mm, close, close. That would be reincarnation. So... It sounds kind of like incarceration, yeah. It's quite a, quite a different word, quite a different word. So incarnation is a great big theological word that uh, people who have, who have gone to seminary like to throw around this time of year. But it really, it means um, God coming into human form. It can also mean um, humans embodying God, so it kind of goes both ways. So we call... Uh, the, the moment when God came to earth as a human baby in Jesus Christ, the incarnation. And do you guys know why God came to earth? To free us from our sins, which is kind of like a gift, right? A gift for us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas by giving gifts to one another, um, giving people things that we think they might like, giving our kids new uh, pajamas is a tradition in a lot of families. You do that on Christmas Eve. So do we. We do that on Christmas Eve so you have the new jammies to wear that night and wake up in in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some other gifts we might give people this time of the year? Underwear. Underwear. <laughs> yeah. We have very practical stockings in our house and they always have socks and underwear in them. You have to hang it on the tree. And oh my goodness. You get the brightest colorful stuff ever in the That's amazing. Now, next year, you guys might not find underwear in your stockings and be hanging on the tree. I like that. I like that. Your parents are brilliant, Avery. That's great. What are some other, are there traditional gifts that you get like every year? Toothbrushes. I used to always get toothbrushes, yeah. I have a toothbrush. You have a youth? You got a, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, has anyone, did anyone ever get oranges in the toe of their stocking as a kid? You got a lime? An orange kind of fills it out more. Um, mangoes last year and ours. 
We may have put mangoes in yours one year. That that sounds like something we would do in our house. Pomegranates, pomegranates, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you get like practical things like that. Uh, and it's not a candy, a giant Rice Krispie bar. That's amazing. That's amazing. Grown-ups, any good like fun stuff this year? Ah, uh, Janet's not telling. A banana. A banana. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, the reason we're talking about this is not to show off how much stuff we have. Now, we've got a lot of stuff, am I right, guys? Everybody, you know, in, in this part of the world tends to have a lot more stuff than we need. And what a huge blessing and what a gift from God. Um, as Avery looks at her Apple Watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Um, and so... Um, so it's really important for us to remember that there are people for whom, like, they get, like, an orange in their stocking, and that's a huge deal. Because oranges aren't abundant in all places of the world. And in fact, that's where that tradition started, was in places of the world and times in history when an orange was a huge luxury. And now we get an orange in, we're in our stocking, and we're like, yeah, well, where's the next present to open, right? Um, but it's those, those little things, and especially some of those practical things that we remember that God has given us abundantly. Yes, Levi? Um, me, Alex, and Gloria got new tablets. Yes, you guys got new tablets this year. Yeah. Talk about abundance, right? Yeah. Talk about abundance. All the stuff that we don't need, but it's kind of nice to have. Um, and so we want to take this time together to um, pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God for all of the great things that we have been given here and now, and for the great gift of Jesus Christ, because without Jesus, none of this stuff, none of this stuff matters. You know, the greatest gift is that gift of setting us free from our sin. And so we remember that in particular today, and we will thank God for our friends and our family and our loved ones who are gathered here and gathered in our homes and who are starting to cook and prepare for the celebration today. So let's take a moment and thank God for all of the wonderful things that we have surrounding us. Almighty God, thank you for the gifts of loved ones, friends and family, of people that we can gather with today here in your house as we celebrate the holiest of moments when you showed so much love for us that you came down to earth as a tiny, vulnerable little baby. We thank you, God, for the freedom that you give us from our sins, from our guilt, from our brokenness. We thank you for all of the new gifts that we've been given this year by our friends and family, and we ask that you would give us grateful hearts, hearts that show gratitude and love and appreciation for every little thing that we have been blessed with, Lord God. We lift up these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, your Son, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. You may go back to your seats, guys. verses 4 through 7, and we're going to be reading the translation from the, the message rather than our normal translation, so you might notice some slight differences if you're reading 
wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, hoarded every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it a new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on this. The second reading is uh, a familiar one, again, from the message. It's a Luke 2, 1 through 20. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. As it ascended to David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were shepherd, sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set watches over the sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. Sorry, I got lost. Very good. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. <coughs> was believed. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything that they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. You can keep reading if you want to do the sermon. Too. Yeah, I like to change it up every once in a while and read from a different translation, especially when it's a passage that is so familiar. Uh, listening to it uh, in a different version of the English is a very uh, eye-opening experience sometimes. You have to pay more attention than we often do. This is a uh, very personal time of year for a lot of people. People take Christmas very personally. If you want to start a hot debate this time of year, you just ask people about their favorite songs or movies. 
We had a hot debate in the car the other night about whether or not Dominic, the Italian Christmas donkey, is the best Christmas song ever or not. We were split two and three. Uh, <laughs> you can tell which ones of us were on the uh, Dominic side of the conversation and which ones were not. Uh, you can ask about favorite Christmas decorations. There is a particularly hideous fuzzy Santa Claus ornament on our tree. And it is really awful. I will admit that it is really awful. But it has been around at least as long as I have, if not longer, and my mother absolutely hates it. And so for years, there's been a battle where I would put it on the tree, and she would take it off the tree, and I would put it on the tree, and she would take it off the tree. And now it lives at our house and uh, stays in a very prominent part of the Christmas tree. So in every single picture I send my mom of the kids in front of the Christmas tree, you can see the hideous fuzzy Santa that she hates so much. Uh, you see debates over saying Happy Holidays versus Merry Christmas, especially when Christmas and Hanukkah fall at the exact same day like they did this year. You get a lot of debate over that. Or think about the uh, plain red holiday cups from Starbucks last year and what a huge brouhaha that wound up being because they didn't put reindeer on the the Christmas cups, they were just plain red cups. People take stuff very personally when it comes to Christmas. But perhaps those aren't the sorts of ways that we are meant to take it personally. We're happy to take traditions personally, decorations, songs, movies, but it's much harder to take the actual incarnation personally. Now, theologically, as I began to explain to the children, incarnation means God's act of becoming human and with us. It's the action word that goes along with Emmanuel, God with us. It's the part where God got with us. So in other words, the incarnation is just a giant word for when Jesus was born. Now, when we read the passage from Luke, we note that the Savior is born not just in general, but for you, are the words that are used in Scripture. When the angels talk to the shepherds, they say, For unto you is born this day. Now, that's saying a lot because shepherds were not most people's favorite folks to hang around with those days. They, they smelled bad. For starters, they hung out with sheep all day, and if you've ever hung out with or near sheep, they're not a particularly pleasant fragrance to be around for any length of time. And so the shepherds would have smelled bad. They were sort of like low man on the totem pole by way of career. Um, they weren't highly regarded. And yet the angels come to the shepherds long before the kings are given word and sent to follow the star. The angels address the shepherds. They say, for unto you a savior is born. He is born for all. He is born for you. And when we read the passage in Titus, Titus says that Christ came for all people, for all people. Jesus starts with those people on the edges and moves in. Starts with the stinky, smelly, dirty shepherds, and then moves in. 
In Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus starting with the widows and the orphans, the sinners, the tax collectors, the drunks, and then moves in from the edges. He starts with the ethnic and racial minorities. The Good Samaritan was such a groundbreaking story at that time because Samaritans were yucky. Nobody wanted to be around them. He started with the disabled, healing the physically broken and hurting and moving in from the edges. Later in Luke, Jesus talks about bringing good news to the poor and setting the prisoners free. That's not the best news at first glance for the wealthy who have profited on the backs of the poor or for the captors, those who cause the prisons and the captivity. The incarnation of God and Jesus Christ was for all people then and moving forward. And to emphasize that point of it being for all people, God started with the people everyone assumed would be last. Now, incarnation, according to the dictionary, can also mean a living being embodying a deity or spirit. In other words, the incarnation is not just God being human, but it is also humans being godly, being houses for God. Not just good behavior, godly, but the kind of godly that brings the love of God to the people around them. The kind of godly where someone walks into a room and you know that God has entered. Does anyone know someone like that? I know a few of those. They're incredible people to be around. This can look like confronting untrue or hurtful stereotypes. It could mean embracing being a small but active church. It could mean starting with ministry to the literal prisoners, to the poor, and to the hurting. Starting on the edges like Jesus did and moving in. That's why I know that this church is going great places and is going to continue doing great things. Because you all are great at that. You all are great at starting on the edges with the poor, with the homeless, with the prisoners, with those on the edges, and then moving in. That is incarnation, friends. That is allowing God to walk on this earth and to move in this place in you and through you. So let that be our Christmas call, our Christmas prayer, that we might take so personally the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, that we might allow God to be incarnate in the world today through us as well. In celebration of that great gift of grace, that gift of incarnation, we celebrate communion today on the holiest of our days in the church year. We will be celebrating communion by intinction today, because as I mentioned earlier, we had no idea if there would be seven of us or 70, and so it is hard to prepare individual communion for that, but also because of the symbolism of all partaking from the same loaf. Um, if you do need gluten-free, we do have gluten-free wafers. Just let us know when you come forward. We will sing, O Come All You Faithful, as we are coming forward and partaking in the communion. We don't have a lot of people, so you can just come forward as you are moved, and uh, Teresa and I will serve you as you come. 
If you are unable to come forward from your seats, please just stay where you are and we will come to you after everyone else has come forward. May the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. With joy we praise you, gracious God, for you have created heaven and earth, made us in your image, and kept covenant with us, even when we fell into sin. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came among us as the word made flesh to show us your glory, full of grace and truth. Therefore, we join our voices with all the saints and angels and the whole creation to proclaim the glory of your name. Gloria in excelsis Deo. and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. As Mary and Joseph went from Galilee to Bethlehem and there found no room, so Jesus went from Galilee to Jerusalem and was despised and rejected. As in the poverty of a stable Jesus was born, so by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. As your word became flesh, born of a woman on that night long ago, so on the night which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, and broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place, as this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. And friends, knowing that God hears our prayers, both silent and spoken, I invite you all to lift up now your concerns and prayer requests, either out loud or silently.
Empower us by your Spirit, O God, to be Christ's presence in the world, even as Jesus was God with us. Give us courage to speak his truth, to seek his justice, and to love with his love. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, in Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. And together we are bold to pray as our Lord Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Do this in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ.
prepared them all, but please. <laughs> Can't have too much to use. <laughs> Let us pray. O God, you have caused this holy day to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that we who have known the mystery of that light on earth may also enjoy him perfectly in heaven, where with you and the Holy Spirit he lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Good Christian friends, rejoice. Let us rejoice together. that there are still some goodies in the kitchen. If you would like to grab some for the road or hang out for a little bit on your way out, you are welcome to do so. And now go out into the world, carrying Christmas with you into everyday life. Open the inn within you and make room for that gift of gifts, our Lord Jesus Christ. And may the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the magi, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas 
And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.